How are you doing this Monday? It's uh, the 19th of December. I, th- I, By my reckoning, it's Christmas week. I don't care that Christmas Day is at the beginning of next week. It's Christmas week. Welcome to The Richie Allen Show. With you till 7 o'clock. Two guests, two very interesting guests coming your way. This show, get involved, please, by going to my website, richieallen.co.uk and leaving a comment, two, three or four there. I look forward to hearing from you. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yes, this is a big week in politics, isn't it? This Wednesday, the Scottish Parliament will vote on their Gender Reform Act, whether or not to allow people to self-identify as well as sex they weren't born as or into. Didn't say that very well, did I? I'll say it properly in a few minutes. It is a Monday. We'll talk about that. And also, the news that the Cambridge Dictionary is going to change its definition of woman. I'll be speaking about those issues and more with Caroline Farrow, the campaign director at Citizen Go. Caroline has been on the programme in the past. She's great value. She'll join me this hour. And a little bit later on in hour two, the singing sensation from North Dakota, but these days based in Nashville, the wonderful Blind Joe will be back on the programme. You'll know that Joe, of course, went viral. I hate that bloody term. His anti-lockdown song, I Will Not Comply, was a massive hit in 2021. Also great value. Great fun is Joe. So that is Monday's programme. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Howdy. Got to be like that for Joe. I tell you, it was warm this morning. Left the house at exactly 5.35am. Yes, I am virtue signalling. I say that every day just to shame you. Yeah, yeah. I never sleep. No, 5.35, walked out, realised I could have left my jacket behind me and worn a sweatshirt. I was going to overdo it and say t-shirt, but that would have been bull spit. But a sweatshirt would have sufficed. It was 14 degrees at 25 to 6 this morning. Yeah, thank God. I had enough of the slippery footpaths of the last few days and the freezing cold air. So it was nice this morning. Actually warm, unseasonably so. It's climate change, of course, says Greta. Hey, did you see the World Cup final last night? You're probably getting it everywhere today. And I'm a bit late in the day now to be talking about it. But I enjoyed it. Great excitement in the last 10 to 15 minutes. Great excitement in, in extra time. And then sadly it went to penalties. I'm not a big fan of the old penalties. I wish they would set aside. It's only every four years. They could meet again in three days and do it again. They could do if they really wanted to. It's a shame. But anywho, the Argies, the Argy Bargies, last one is in 86. They were awarded the trophy after a penalty shootout. I don't know if it's still like that. They used to record matches that finished in penalties or on penalties. They recorded them as a draw and then they would put in parentheses, do you like that? Parentheses, parentheses, I can't say it. They would put France award a trophy or Argentina award a trophy after penalty shootout. The game finished in a draw, is what I'm saying. I'm just trying to console my French missus who doesn't give an arse about football and didn't last night either. So Jeremy Clarkson, then formerly of Top Gear, these days... He's the man on the grand tour on Amazon and author, 
And these days he farms, doesn't he? He's got a farm, Jeremy Clarkson. Never been my cup of tea, but it doesn't matter whether anybody is my cup of tea or not. But he wrote his Saturday column for The Sun. I didn't read it, but the woke screams could be heard all around the world. All around the world. Uh, Clarkson wrote about Meghan Markle, one half of the Sussexes, and uh, apparently wishing to see the woman paraded naked through the streets of the UK while excrement is thrown at her by a baying mob. Now, if Jeremy Clarkson wants to see a woman paraded naked while men are throwing things at her, he just needs to go on to Pornhub.com. Just saying, right? Some of this stuff on there is horribly extreme. But anyway... Oh yeah, and the baying mob, while throwing the excrement now, or the dung, or the poo, or whatever, they would be shouting shame at her. Sounds very much like an episode of Game of Thrones, when the High Sparrow sentenced Cersei Lannister to parade naked through the streets for all of her corruption and wrongdoings, while she was screamed at by the baying mob. Anyway, what has poor old Megan done, except for to be a bit of a diva and a bit woke-like and a bit harping on about the mental health. What has she done? Anyway, misogyny, hate speech, they cried today on social media. You know what's coming, dear listener, don't you? And you can't escape it, really, can you? You know what's coming, Q. There there are moments when... Interventions in the public space are so vile. Interventions in the public space are so vile. (laughs) interventions in the public space. That is how he has referred to Jeremy Clarkson's opinion piece. Anyway, up your own arse a bit much, James. And and so grim and so gross and potentially... Grim and gross. Potentially so indicative of much deeper and broader malaises that you have to talk about it. Indicative of much deeper and broader malaises that you have to talk about it. He cannot help himself. This is a gift. This is manna from heaven. This is an open goal. Signal your virtue, Jamesy. Starving idiots of oxygen are denying attention-seeking superannuated toddlers. uh, Superannuated toddlers. That the air of... Denying them oxygen now. ...of publicity is tempting. It it is, of course, attractive. It's attractive and tempting to starve these idiots of oxygen, these superannuated toddlers. This is wonderful stuff. If you do not call it out, ever... If we don't call it out, what... If you do not dedicate proper attention to... Proper attention to it. ...to proper description, then Then it continues. It continues. If I, a bearded Muppet from 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 the London School of Economics, if I don't call out the rabid and rampant misogyny and hatefulness of Jeremy Clarkson's article, well, these things will just continue. I will be surprised if Jeremy Clarkson faces any meaningful censure for what he did in the... What did he do? ...the Sun newspaper on Saturday. I will be deeply surprised for a number of reasons. And my... I'm not... Not... not, You're so lovely, James. ...negligible knowledge of how this industry works, maybe. In my not negligible knowledge of how this industry works, why do you talk like a twat? Why can't you just say... I mean, they teach you this at radio school. I know I went to radio school. They say, speak to people as you would ordinarily speak to them. Speak to them in, in the terms and the language you ordinarily would do. I mean, if I was in this position there, I would say, I've been around the media a few years. I have a 
little bit of an idea of how it works, you know, might not negligible knowledge and be of help to, to people on the outside. The main reason why I don't think he'll face censure is because it would involve admitting a mistake, and managements hate nothing more than admitting a mistake. Mm, they hate admitting a mistake, admitting a mistake. And then he did an amazing thing, and I was delighted to hear this. Um, not because I've got anything against Laura Kernsberg, but because of the rank hypocrisy of James O'Brien. He had a pop at Laura Kunzberg of the BBC. She took over from Andrew Marr presenting their Sunday morning political programme. And yesterday, apparently, I didn't see it yesterday because I was so excited about the World Cup. No, I didn't see it because I was on air with the Melody thing. She had the editor of The Sun on her programme yesterday morning. And that's a woman called Victoria Newton. And James O'Brien, who, remember now, never interviews anyone ever, ever, at all, ever. He just slags people off and tells us what a wonderfully woke modern man he is instead of interviewing the people he slags off. I mean, presumably his production team reached out to Jeremy Clarkson's people this morning. They didn't. I have it on good authority. They didn't and they never do. He refuses to debate people. Lawrence Fox was on this programme last week. Uh, has, has asked James O'Brien to be allowed on to answer some of the, some of the libels that James O'Brien has sent his way and O'Brien's people have refused to allow Lawrence Fox go on and give right of reply. Nigel Farage. I've no time for Nigel Farage. But uh, O'Brien libels them and never faces them. So this is ironic. He's never asked a single question about the legality of lockdowns or the insanity of them. Never, never, never asked the question ever. Evidence is emerging by the day now, an avalanche of evidence is emerging, that the jabs rolled out to, to tackle the deadly disease that was COVID, the mRNA ones, are doing, well, unimaginable damage to people. But is James O'Brien asking questions about that? No, he never asks a question ever, 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 ever. And here he is slagging off, uh, not Victoria, Laura Kunzberg of the BBC for not asking Victoria Newton, the editor of The Sun, about Jeremy Clarkson, amazingly. You saw the editor of The Sun. Again, someone I used to know quite well. If uh, you saw the editor of The Sun... Because you're all in the same club, pal. The Sun on BBC One yesterday morning. This is what I found most incredible, oddly, about the whole affair, is that Laura Koonsberg, the former political editor of the, of the entire BBC, which is the only public broadcaster we have in this country, everything else is owned. Including you. That was a wonderful little bit of unconscious, keep that term in mind now, unconscious truth-telling by James O'Brien. Everything else is owned. Now, don't for a minute think the BBC isn't owned and controlled either. It is, but wonderful. We have in this country. Everything else is owned. Yeah. The BBC is, is yours and mine and all of ours. Sure it is, dickhead. Ours. She had the opportunity to ask Rupert Murdoch's editor what the hell was going on when Rupert Murdoch's editor decided to print that column by Jeremy Clarkson, and she didn't mention it at all. Imagine. I, I genuinely, out of all of this, and this is me, you'll have to indulge me for 10 seconds. This is me being a little bit in-house, if you like, being a little bit trade, a little bit job. A little bit trade. That's a sub that, That's No, I won't go there. So he continues, a little bit trade, rough trade, James. He continues on the Laura Kernsberg theme. I cannot believe that. I, I, I can't even sit here and speculate confidently on how the hell that happened. Whether or not there was a nod and a wink before the programme started, 
And Victoria said, oh, I won't. I, I, well, listen, if you're going to ask me about that, then I'd rather not do the programme. And instead of saying, all right, then, bye-bye, don't let the door hit you on the way out, they said, oh, that's fine, just come in and say... I, I mean, it's cosy keeping access to a political class that has been bought and sold a hundred times over by people like Rupert Murdoch um, is, you know... Yeah, yeah, but, but you're owned by people like Rupert Murdoch, James. I mean, James, can you Wikipedia your own bosses? Just Wikipedia Global Media and start looking into some of the people at Global Media who own you, pal, and your opinions before you start throwing mud at Rupert Murdoch. Admit Murdoch. Admittedly, Rupert Murdoch is one of the most disgusting bastards. No, no, don't use the word disgusting because you're going to have a go at that word in a minute. Um, one of the most uh, evil, let's say, human beings on planet Earth. Yeah, but the people in charge of Global Media... They're not great either. No, probably necessary if you want to end up in a job like that on the BBC. But I, for as long as I live, will never be able to understand how anyone who dares to call themselves a journalist had the actual editor of a newspaper that has just plumbed a new depth. A new depth. How many times have I asked you? Like I can't believe that anybody who calls himself a journalist wouldn't be asking questions in March 2020 about the sanity, the rationality of locking healthy people into their own fucking houses. Uh, telling them to stay home and wreck their fucking businesses. I can't understand how anybody who calls themselves a, a journalist wouldn't now be inviting MPs because now the MPs are starting to come out of the woodwork and say that they're looking at the evidence of harms caused by the mRNA COVID jabs. How could anybody calling themselves a journalist not be covering that story right now, James? You see, you have a fucking point. If the Laura Kunzberg woman, the former political editor of the BBC, had Victoria Newton on her programme yesterday and neglected to ask about Clarkson, I agree with you, that is pretty shit. But in terms of, if you want to weigh those up against one another, you know, not asking Jeremy, uh, the, the, the editor of The Sun, why did you allow that article get published on Saturday and not asking questions that might have saved I don't know tens of thousands of lives like doing your job asking doctors not just sitting there like a nodding dog on the back seat of a fucking Toyota Corolla you know yeah 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 wear the masks wear the masks wear the masks this was the prick who said that a vaccine passport would be a minor inconvenience I have the audio I can play it and he's having a go at a presenter for not asking a question about why did you publish an article on Saturday that was offensive to women and to Meghan Markle. The hypocrisy here is absolutely wretched. Daily, what do you call it once you've scraped away the bottom of the barrel? What's, what's below that? You. You are what's below the bottom of the barrel. You and idiots like you. Well, Jeremy Clarkson, frankly. No, no, you. And for the BBC, the Tribune of the People, the only broadcaster that is not owned by somebody like Rupert Murdoch. The irony of this, the admission, while having a go at Jeremy Clarkson and The Sun and the BBC, the admission that he is a bought and paid for whore. A fucking whore, that's all he is, pretending to be a journalist, playing at it, while tens, and I am not ranting here, this is not showboating, tens of thousands of people continue to be injured by the rotten, poisonous mRNA jabs because people like him did fuck all other than sell their souls to the big pharma companies that produced them and chastise anybody who dared question the safety or the efficacy of these things. He demanded that people be banned, to, 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 be, to be shadow banned and banned and deplatformed just for putting a hand up in the air and saying, hang on a second, do we really need to take these things? 
Can we be sure these things are safe? And he's having a go at Laura Kunzberg. Listen to this. Oh, no. To duck that opportunity, to shirk that responsibility, to be derelict of that duty was disgusting. What? Disgusting. Again? Disgusting. Yeah. It's 16 minutes past the hour. I wonder, I posted about this today, I wonder, are guys like him starting to tremor, tremble? Are they starting to see a little tremor in their in their hands? And just a little tremor, just a little tremor, a mild one, wondering, I wonder, is that something I should have checked out? Maybe that's indicative of, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a bit of Parkinson's or something. But really it isn't. It's a little tremor because they know what's coming. Where are they going to go when it emerges what these jabs have been doing to people? When it emerges the corruption at the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Agency, June Rain, the enabler, the politicians who took the backhanders to look the other way and to pass these jabs and to indemnify these big pharmaceutical companies, these jabs that are killing people. Do you think that once in a blue moon, because I think so, these are not the empty vessels, the soulless bastards that we say they are. These ultimately are human beings. And human beings, well, they fear, don't they? I wonder in the dead of night, does James O'Brien think, fuck, they'll come for me, me and others, for not doing our job. That's all you have to do as a journalist, is your job. I've said it a thousand times. It is the simplest job in the world. There's nothing special about this. There is not. I prove it every day. If I can do it, anybody can do it. It is simple. Go back to March 2020. I'm locking down, said that straw-haired fucking goon who can't speak three sentences without stuttering Boris Johnson, right? We've got to lock down to flatten the curve. Your job there and then as a journalist, as a presenter, as a producer is to say, what? What? Healthy people should stay at home and and not go to work. Um, So your producer's name is Anne or Mary, right? Anne or Mary, there must be scientists and doctors who think this is a stupid fucking idea. There must be. Find them and let's get them on the air. This doesn't smell right to me. That's your job and it is the easiest job in the world because it doesn't take, you don't have to be a member of Mensa to do it. What did that fucker do? And his mates, they screamed for more lockdowns. They said they, 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 they wouldn't speak to anybody. He interviewed nobody. And they allowed members of the public onto these programs. And members of the public came on and they asked questions. They said, this is a bit mad. Why? I'm losing money here. I'm going to have to let employees go. I'm not sick. Why should I stay indoors? And guys like O'Brien basically denigrated them and demeaned them and humiliated them. And that other idiot, Piers, uh, Piers Morgan, that twat who earns a living earns a living off of commenting on the royal family. I mean, you, you want to scrape the bottom of the barrel. That's it. You've got James O'Brien and Piers Morgan. Do your job. Do your job. Your job is to be a contrarian. Your job is to say, fuck that. There must be somebody who's got a, an opposing point of view to that. Bring him on. I did it for years. It's easy. Well, the, the Minister for Health says that um, we, we have to ban Easter eggs this year because, I don't know, because the sugar is going to kill all the kids. Right, 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 let's get, let's get Nestle on. Let, let's get Cadbury's. It's simple. Couldn't be any easier. 19 minutes past the hour. Speaking of vaccines and vaccine damage, 
the government is being asked to set up a disinformation um, unit, basically. A medical disinformation unit. And that disinformation unit is to be targeted at children, really. To prevent children from falling under the spell of medical misinformation. Have you been following this today? And this is um, a review. I'm trying to bring this up here now on my website, but at the moment... I'm struggling, such as the volume of traffic on the website. Imagine having a go at Laura Kunzberg for not asking the editor of the Sun newspaper, how did that article end up in print on Saturday? A legitimate question. In any other time, in any other at any other point in history, legitimate question. But not now, it's not legitimate. Not now, not coming from him. Or, or Piers Morgan. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's, it's horrendous to me. If you only knew. You see, if you'd been where I've been and done what I've done, you'd understand that rant. You really would. You know, it's so simple. It's so easy. You spend years, you know, I spent years in training and it all boils down. It's very simple. It's very simple. You've got an argument there. Find somebody to oppose it. Put them together let the public make their own minds up. It couldn't be, again, I'm going to keep repeating myself, it is absolutely simple. It's simple. Anyway, the government is being urged to set up a disinformation, a health disinformation unit uh, to increase trust in vaccination campaigns. And the reason for this is there is a really low uptake of flu jab, the flu jab, particularly by young people. Nearly a quarter of uh, young adults have said they are unlikely to get a winter flu vaccine. Unlikely. So that's nearly 25% saying no. And the Institute for Public Policy Research has looked into this and it's alleging that disinformation is playing a part here. So it says set up a health disinformation unit to go after people who don't want a job. Now you might remember during the early stages of the COVID job rollout, there was talk of a an army of persuaders, you remember that, to go door to door where people had said, no, thank you, I don't want the jab. I don't know if this ever happened. I don't know if anybody ever had a visitor from a persuader, somebody who had ignored the text message from the local surgery and was then visited by a persuader. I've never heard from anybody who experienced it. I I didn't. I've had the text messages, and eventually I told them to stop sending me text messages. But nobody ever came round. So this is a new one anyway. Um, Mary Ann Okata is an anthropologist and often reviews the newspapers or previews them on Sky News. And she was on there this morning with Neil Patterson. And here she is talking about this, the need for a health disinformation unit. Because what we're looking at is people who might be historically inclined to think that they don't trust big organisations and authority, government authorities, things like that. The health service, they're not on our side. There's a lack of representation. There's a lack of community trust. And people in those groups might be more inclined to trust more informal sources of information. So things like chat rooms, forums, WhatsApp groups, where there's a huge amount of health disinformation and people do it. I don't even know why people would encourage you to think that the COVID vaccine is going to make you sick or 
implant a chip into your neck and actually you're better off washing in, I don't know, some kind of toxic substance. Straight to the ad hominem. Straight to the ad hominem. People talking about chips in necks or washing in some sort of toxic substance. Just after she said, I don't know why anybody would want to tell anybody that the COVID jabs could make you sick, but the COVID jabs have made at least 500,000 people sick in this country. Some of them very seriously sick. And that's the Pfizer jab, by the way. That's Pfizer. That isn't counting whatever Moderna and its jab has done to people. These people, the Moderna company is just about, uh, has just begun trialling in people a cancer vaccine, an mRNA cancer vaccine. Yeah, half a million. So she says, I don't know why anybody would want, you know, to tell anybody that maybe you don't need a jab. None of which is true. Vaccines save hundreds of thousands of lives a year. No, they don't. Uh, And this is the thing, Bridgen, Andrew Bridgen, the MP, has produced the evidence using the, the data from the pharmaceutical companies that the jabs are effectively useless. They don't do anything. And they don't stop anybody getting sick from anything. So we actually need to address this. And the IPPR are calling for the government to think about putting, uh, putting together a permanent health disinformation unit, which about does sound a little bit 1984, but um, something needs to be done. A little bit 1984, she said. Frankly, yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Um, Edward, we're going to go to you. About time, says the presenter. This is the Richie Allen Show, by the way. It's Monday the 19th of December 2022. And we will be joined in a few minutes' time by Caroline Farrell. And we're going to be talking about what's going on, what, what's going to be going on in Scotland this week. Gender recognition and all of that. We'll talk about changing dictionary definitions of women and much more with Caroline Farrow. A little bit later on, Blind Joe will be on the programme. Monday's show then. Yeah, music from Elbow, one day like this. It's 29 and a half minutes past five this Monday, December 19th. It's Christmas week. I know it's next Sunday. I know it's next week. It's Christmas week. Let's be glad it's Christmas. This is big, right? It's happening on Wednesday. We've spoken about this many times in in recent weeks and months, you know that Scottish politicians will vote on whether to reform gender recognition laws in Scotland. They want to make it easier. The SNP, the government wants to make it easier for trans people to change their gender. Under the proposed new laws, people will no longer need a diagnosis of gender dysphoria to apply for a gender recognition certificate. They just need to make a declaration, basically. And uh, once the declaration is made, that will be that. And there are a lot of concerns about this. There are those who believe that th- this will open the door for violent men who, uh, you know, who, 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 I- who identify as women to abuse the process of acquiring a gender certificate and the rights that are associated with that. And last week we talked on this programme about the, the, the Cambridge Dictionary's plans to change the definition of uh, the word woman. The, the noun, let's um, welcome back to the programme. It's been ages uh, since we had her on, but I'm really looking forward to hearing her thoughts on this because this is very personal for her, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, she's the campaign director at Citizen Go. You'll find her on Twitter and on her website, carolinefarrow.net. Caroline, welcome back to the programme. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Richie. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm really looking forward to Christmas. And as a Christian, I know you are too. I bet you can't wait. Yes, it's not here yet, though. <laughs> no, it's not here yet. No, no. I think that the more excited you get about it, 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 it tends to just pass you by and you don't enjoy it. So you've got to stay in the moment. 
tell me this, look, it's looking very much like this is going to pass on Wednesday. Now, it's not me being defeatist. It just looks like they've got the votes up there in Holyrood. From your own standpoint, why is this so serious? Why, why are you so concerned about this? Well, it's, it's as you said, Richie, it's that basically what this new bill will do, this new law will do, will mean that anyone can change their legal sex without a diagnosis of gender dysphoria. So, you know, tomorrow you wake up and you decide that you want to be known as the opposite sex for whatever uh, reason, be it nefarious, nefarious or be it genuine, then fine. Uh, there's a two month uh, waiting period and that's it. You know, you you put in your application, you wait two months and that's it. You are then formally recognised as a member of the opposite sex. And this means that you can access uh, women's bathrooms, uh, changing spaces, because interestingly as well, very rarely do you get women who, um, who transition to, to or I say try, I, see the language around this is is really difficult because actually we know you can't change sex. So when I was going to say women transition to men, well actually no, women sort of uh, appropriating uh, masculinity. When you get these women who say that they're men, actually they don't want to use uh, the, the male facilities and male bathrooms, but it is the men who are desperate uh, to get in the women's bathrooms, get in the women's changing rooms, you know, to to uh, be in women's sporting teams, you know, to be on the all-women shortlists. And, you know, I, I suppose in some ways it shows uh, the failure of identity politics uh, because, you know, you can just sort of identify as whatever you like uh, and 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 have something that is reserved for a protected minority or, or for a protected characteristic. Um, so this is obviously very concerning, um, not just actually because there is a, the worry is about, you know, sexual predators, you know, Anyone who wants to say that they're a woman and to have, you know, access to women and girls will be able to do so. And, you know, it's very difficult to talk about this without saying, yes, all men are sort of filthy beasts and potential rapists. But let's be clear, uh, the majority of sexual assaults are male men, upon men females. Women, yeah. I, and and it's, of course, it's not all men. But, you know, you think back to when you were a teenager, for example. <laughs> you know, I can think of a lot of uh, teenagers and young men that would think it was very funny. Uh, to do this um, and the other thing is is that it's also going to lower the age at which you can apply for a, a gender recognition certificate from 18 to 16 so you're going to have 16 year olds uh, being able to be recognized as the opposite sex and then go off down that transition that medical transition pathway which we know is potentially uh, very very dangerous um, so yeah, I mean, with Scot it's it's a really tough place uh, for, for Scotland's women at the moment. But see, it's, it's interesting because uh, when you look at the the the, the split of how um, how the vote is likely to go, interestingly, the entire the, the Scottish Conservative Party um, have all voted against it. Apparently, there is some disquiet on the Labour ranks. You know, some Labour. Uh, MSPs are very uncomfortable with this. There's already been a revolt of nine uh, SNP members, Scottish National Party members. Of course, we know that the Greens are, are going to vote in favour of it. But, but basically, what it needs to be voted against is the whole of the, the Conservative Party and the whole of the Labour Party and possibly uh, a few SNP members. Um, MSPs too. Sorry, this is a bit of a mouthful. No, 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 it is. Do you think do, do you think that there might be some MSPs inclined to vote against it, but fear 
the possible consequences of doing so. I'm talking obviously about the avalanche of abuse on social media that would ensue. I, I think it's partly that as well, but I, the, the vote is whipped. And so one of the reasons why Sturgeon is so keen to rush this through is because her finance minister, um, Kate Forbes, is currently on maternity leave and uh, she's not due to return until the 4th of January. So Sturgeon wants to rush this through as quickly as she possibly can because Kate Forbes is known to be very, very, you know, highly opposed to this piece of legislation. And if Kate Forbes is whipped, then she's likely to resign out of conscience. And Nicola Sturgeon cannot afford to lose Forbes because she's one of her most trusted allies and have, you know, the finance minister. And in addition to which, we've also had a very important intervention uh, from the UN, from, from the rapporteur, who um, is like the special commissioner on their committee against violence against women and girls. And the rapporteur has said, has written a very strongly worded letter to Westminster saying this should not be allowed to go through because there is going to be a risk posed to women and girls by violent men. So um, certainly the Scottish Conservatives are lobbying and saying, well, before this is passed, we need to have uh, the Commission examine this you know this this needs to go back to committee and we need to look at the evidence and look at what the un is saying you know because if the un is saying we're concerned and this isn't right and this this is going to increase the risk of violence against women and girls then it's it's certainly something that needs to be looked at but can i ask you on that can i ask maybe i hear what you're saying maybe they might press the pause button this is something i i don't i've never interviewed a a violent offender Uh, i've seen enough interviews over the years on various documentary channels with men who've committed crimes and, and, you know, people trying to understand why they did it. Isn't a man who is likely to commit a violent crime against a woman, isn't he going to do it anyway? This is what I can't get my head around, is this notion that violent predators will see this as a window of opportunity, this legislation, to identify as a woman, to get closer to women. I, I can't get my head around... I, I understand why... Why, why you, as a woman, would fear that? I mean, my, my, I've not asked my missus about this, but I must ask her, what does she think about it? She might feel as you do, Caroline. But I'm, I'm not sure that... I, I, I can't imagine you'd see a great swathe of men identifying as women just to go on and attack women. I mean, if these guys have got that in them, they're going to do it anyway, right? Well, I, I think it's a bit like saying, uh, well, if someone's going to burgle your house, they're going to do it anyway. So who cares about locking your door or closing your windows? Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of violent assaults aren't premeditated. And in fact, there's a whole interesting uh, piece of psychology about what makes people uh, violently assault. And, you know, it tends to be like a whole combination of factors. If you think of like um, a four bolt lock sort of thing, you know, uh, you you need sort of a a combination uh, that, that kind of uh, unlocks all, all the bolts and, and lets someone in. But it's even if uh, you were right, Richie, and I, I'm not sure that you are because you would be giving you, you would be you would be giving uh, men opportunity, uh, some with nefarious uh, purposes. You know, just yeah. you know, even if they're not violent, they could be voyeurs. You're giving them an opportunity to get into women's spaces. But the other issue we have here is that you know this is about everybody's dignity, privacy, and safety, and 
interestingly, when you speak to men, most men wouldn't be very comfortable with uh, mixed changing rooms either, with sort of women coming in and, and, and stripping off in front of them. Yeah. Um, and this this also has a disproportionate effect on uh, religious and cultural minorities who absolutely cannot uh, share facilities with the opposite sex. And so that then limits their participation in public life and in society because, you know, they can't go to the local gym, they can't go to the local swimming pool, they can't even go out if, if they can't be guaranteed uh, not to have men in their loos. And, and there is another as well minority that we have to think about is women who are victims of sexual or violent assault and, and are naturally very uh, wary and nervous and just, you know, have so much trauma that they don't want to be sharing their facilities with men. And I hear a lot of very crass talk about, well, they should just get over it. You know, their, their sort of neurosis isn't our problem. But actually, we should be about protecting the vulnerable. Um, and although personally, you know, you get this other straw man argument where people show you a photograph. Um, it's normally quite filtered of, of a trans woman who supposedly passes very well. And they say, well, are you going to check this person's genitals? Do you right. have a problem with this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, is that A, most photos are heavily filtered. And women can normally tell from you know the way people walk and you know, men's builds. Uh, but secondly, even if I was, was completely fine with a trans woman that I know sharing you know my facilities it's not for me to give that right away to all other women just because i'm fine with it I doesn't mean that other people I should get you. Be. can i ask you this caroline farrow is our guest by the way folks you'll find caroline on twitter there, there is no other caroline farrow the website is carolinefarrow.net and she is the campaign director at citizen go just to I, it's, I love chatting with you i genuinely do conservatives this afternoon are being accused of hypocrisy. Now, when I say conservatives, I, I, I'm not being um, um, sarcastic here in any way at all. But um, this week of all weeks, of course, you know, conservative men and women are are not happy about this gender reform act in Scotland. I'm neither conservative nor am I on the left. I don't know what I am. I'm not happy about it either. I agree with you. I don't believe that men should be able to change, you know, their their sex and then say, right, I, I identify as a woman and then get access to female. I don't. But but some people are saying this afternoon, it's interesting that um, conservatives are very concerned about protecting the rights of women um, on Wednesday in Scotland, but they're championing free speech in terms of it's okay for Jeremy Clarkson to use language like I fantasise about Meghan Markle being paraded through the streets of the UK while people throw excrement at her. Now, this is not my argument. I'm not having a go at Conservatives. I'm a free speech absolutist. But I think there's a point there. It's an interesting week that a bloke can write a column in a paper saying these things mm. about a woman in the same week we're talking about the dangers of violence against women. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that Jeremy Clarkson is advocating violence. He isn't. But... Um, it's not great either. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, the, the Jeremy Clarkson thing is, is astonishing, actually. Um, and I suppose he felt he felt protected writing it in as much as you look at the Markles and the Markles have got, uh, well, I say the Markles, it's, you know, Harry and Meghan. Sorry. The Harkles. <laughs> the Harkles, <laughs> yeah. um, They've got uh, security and they're protected. So it's not going to be 
all that easy for sort of random members of the public, you know, to, to come to their house and, 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 and try and hurt them. Um, I think what his comment, I think his comments were deeply distasteful. I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I didn't get it. And I thought, this is absolutely repulsive. Yeah. Um, so when you understand the Game of Thrones reference, I suppose, yes, it makes sense. And he's talking about the idea of, of public shaming. Um, but I think that the editor of the sun who is actually a woman (laughs) has has a lot to answer for with this because you know i'm economist and and if i wrote something like that you know my editor would never approve it not not in a million years and it it wouldn't even occur to me uh to write it it was a graphic Um, description of humiliating a woman even if it is a game of thrones reference which I, I did watch Game of Thrones and the one of the one of one of the great characters of the series, a, a queen called Cersei, she was shamed by a religious order and stripped naked and, and sent through the streets. So yeah, I get that, but still it's graphically you know, it's a graphic description of something pretty horrible. Um, for a woman, I, and I'm no virtue signaler, and I'm certainly no snowflake, but I think um, it's just interesting that some conservative commentators who might be, you know, talk TV or GB News are on the one hand protecting women's, um, you know, the right for, for women to, to not be threatened or harassed or to have violent acts committed against them. And on the other hand, they're saying, oh, it's perfectly fine to describe Meghan Markle in these terms. I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy, but that's, but I think you well, and I, I are on some. I think it's more uh, inconsistency, really. And yeah. I agree with you. I, you know, I, I don't think Clarkson should have, have written what he did. I think it, it was it was distasteful. I think it was un, unpleasant. Um, and, and he, you know, he's wanting Meghan Markle to be publicly shamed, you know, and, and, and there is hints of misogyny. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think possibly what the um, conservatives are getting at is this idea our words violence, you know, which is something we we get from the very progressives and, and the trans rights activists all the time, you know, saying that a man is a man and not a woman is, is literal violence and it causes people uh, to hurt others. And I suppose would... I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Richie, because I don't really want to defend Clarkson at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I wonder whether or not it was really nasty, vitriolic hyperbole. But was he actually trying to wish uh, physical harm on her? Or I, he I doubt it. And, and yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again. I, I don't think it should have been published. I think the editor has a lot to answer for because, you know, she was the one that, that took the final decision. And it shows, actually, that women can be every every single bit as misogynistic as men. Um, it's the sun, I'm, ultimately. I, I know that our time is short, so I, I want to move on to something very important. Our, our listeners will know this. When, when this happened to you, Caroline, I was in the middle of a big studio rebuild and I was watching this following it with aghast really I know it's not the first time it's happened but I didn't think it could continue to happen because there was such an outcry when it happened before what am I talking about well I'm talking about Caroline having a visit from the police because she had a discussion with somebody about the issue of men identifying as women on on Twitter and we we, we can't over egg this pudding like we can't over sensationalize this 
This is 1984 stuff, isn't it? Do you want to tell our listeners what happened in October? Yeah, well, it's it's a little bit different to a discussion. So basically, um, I've been in a three-year uh, dispute with one very notorious transgender activist. And uh, this particular guy has managed, I'm the third woman, the third mother he's got arrested, uh, a f- third mother with sort of, you know, school-aged children he's got arrested in front of their children. Um, he's also managed to have the police called on Graham Linehan. He's had a man arrested. And basically, as soon as you say anything again him on social media, he goes running off to the police and the courts and claims you're harassing him and defaming him, even though... Um, You've blocked him from social media, and and his track record is 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 notorious. Uh, he you know he's got he's got a criminal record as long as your arm, and he um, had been very cross that uh, I appear on GB News quite a bit. Um, and when I appeared on GB News, he decided uh, that I was talking about him, and he you know put in a complaint to Ofcom, and then he started trying to deplatform me, saying Caroline Farrow is this that and the other. And I just said, look, uh, and he was, you know, tagging in GB News. And I just responded and said, well, actually, uh, you can't take the moral high ground here, matey. Uh, you've got a criminal record. I haven't. Um, and he he took that. He, so he took this sort of Twitter spat that most normal people wouldn't think much of. Um, and then he there's a forum he doesn't like very much uh, called Kiwi Farms. And he told the police that I had been posting on this forum called Kiwi Farms under all these anonymous accounts. Um, and the police just, because he's a transgender activist and because I'm a Christian woman uh, with all the wrong views, the police just basically took his word for him, for it, came to my house at tea time. I was putting the chicken in for my kids. I was cooking the dinner. My husband said there's two policemen at the door uh, and they arrested me in front of uh, my children. They seized all my electronic devices, uh, put me in a cop car, drove me to the station. It was outrageous. They... Um, took all my jewellery off and put it in a plastic bag so I couldn't hurt myself. They checked, they told me to lift my legs up. I was thinking, what's this about? And they had to check my socks for drugs. Um, And then uh, they wouldn't even give me a pen. One of your rights when you're jailed is you're allowed a pen and paper. So I asked for for some and to to take notes. Uh, And they wouldn't give me a pen in case I hurt myself with it. Um, and they gave me a stubby pencil and I sat there for hours before being interviewed under caution. And it was really clear. They were showing me all these posts and they were things other people had written. And they were saying, what does this mean? And I was saying to them, well, I don't know. You'll have to ask the person who posted it. And the reason that they seized my devices was in order to ascertain whether or not I had been posting these messages. So they had absolutely... um, no proof, no evidence beyond this this transgender guy's word for it. Who has report? I mean, he's reported me to the police. I think five times for this, you know, for allegedly doing this before. Um, and yeah, it was outrageous. And what, one of the posts was a picture of the Queen and her corgis with his face uh, superimposed over the top of it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm sat here in a cell for a picture of the Queen and her corgis. I don't find it funny, by the way. This is horrendous. No, it was, it was surreal. And yeah, it was but so the way funny. you're describing it is funny. When, wow. when they when they booked me in, right? You know, you, you kind of go in and you you go to the custody suite, and and they, the sergeant sort of looked at me. And you could see he looked a bit surprised because there I am, like a, a clearly middle-aged, uh, middle-class mother in a in a flowery dress. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, what's?" he looked really surprised and shocked. I said, right, what, what's going on here then? And they said, oh, yeah, malicious communications. 
And I said, it's just ridiculous. And he said, oh, Mrs. Farrow, uh, sending abusive emails is, is a crime and against the law. <laughs> and and the, officer, the arresting officer said, oh, no, she hasn't written an abusive email, Sarge. Uh, she's written offensive posts on the internet. Offensive posts like, on the internet. And I was like, and they weren't even posts that I'd written, as it turned out. And I, I was just like, can you listen to yourselves? Madness. Can you hear yourselves? Um, and yeah, I said this to them when they arrested me. I said, uh, (laughs) they, they must've rude the day they picked me up. I said to them in the car, I said, is this why you joined the police then? Uh, you know, when you go home tonight, what are you going to say to your to your partners or your family? Oh yeah. I nicked this woman, you know, this middle-aged Catholic mother who'd upset somebody (laughs) on the internet. I said, is this why you joined the police? You're proud of yourself. Is this, is this, you know, is this, is this a thin blue line, you know? And our um, listeners but, will have seen, our listeners will, some of them will have seen you, your appearances on GB News. I mean, you've described yourself perfectly. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call you demure because you'd probably slap me. I mean, you're well able to speak up for yourself and the issues. But, you know, you said middle-aged, attractive, quite, you know, articulate woman. And there you are in, in, in the nick. <laughs> Because, because you said something that somebody didn't like on, on Twitter, and and we laugh, and you tell it, you you tell it in a funny way, but it's not funny, Caroline, because in the near no, future no. somebody might be picked up because because they just don't believe, say for example, that CO two, you know, you know, man made CO two is going to cause a climate catastrophe in the future, and that might be deemed harmful to people, and and all manner of things might 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 come out of this. Yeah, and and it is quite scary because, I mean, my husband uh, was outraged. You know, he filmed it all because he, you know, he said, I'm filming it because I just don't trust you. And and the one of the very frustrating things about this is that I have had all manner of real life harassment. You know, I had a period of about four weeks, three to four weeks, where we had up to 10 uh, takeaways a day delivered. I remember uh, this. And, and the police did yeah. nothing. You know, someone was ordering stuff in our names. Um and the police wouldn't investigate, even though the delivery company really wanted them to, and said, look, we want to work with the police because this is losing businesses money. Um, and this, you know, this, this is illegal, this is a crime. And, and the police said, oh, it's not a proportionate use of our resources. I had a website running for six months uh, that issued date death threats, rape threats. It named my children. It named my children's schools. It kept threatening to come here. Uh, you know, it published our movements. It was, it, it boasted about ringing up um, my husband. My husband had to change his mobile number as they managed to get hold of it and publish it. Um, you know, it ordered, um, it, 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 it ordered um, sex toys. You know, I had like a, an order for like hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of sex toys. Uh, I had a notification that I'd all, and I'd had to cancel it all. It put my photos on Pornhub uh, and, and other sites. It put my children's names on, on various sites, you know, and at this point, you know, my daughter, one of my daughters was nine. They made videos about me and my daughter uh, and calling me all sorts of names and predicting all kinds of horrible outcomes for her. And the, the police actually did nothing you know, very, very little. And and this was real life harassment. They interviewed a guy under caution who said, oh, well, it's uh, it's not me. I'm, I'm aware of this site, but I think it's a, a group of people. Um, and when we asked them to seize IT, they said, oh, no, we only seize IT if it's a really high level terrorist defence. <laughs> but this are. is this is the definition of terrorism. Your, your family is being terrorised by this, yeah. by these idiots. And I remember, I remember when, when one of the first times we spoke, we spoke about that. So to date, somebody has been interviewed, but nobody has been arrested or charged for that. 
no no and and the um it, the, the outrageous thing was as well i mean it was a bit like a farce so um my mobile phone was in the parish office um as for listeners who don't know my husband's a priest and uh we weren't going to let them into the parish office because it's separate to the house it's a different building um and they threatened my husband with arrest if they went to get a warrant and they came and they saw stuff had been moved and my husband was saying well I'm not going to move anything you know that would be illegal but I don't want you coming in my parish office so they, they got a warrant and they came into my parish office where my daughter was sat doing her homework they took her ipad off her they eyed up her switch um you know they were they were just sort of taking all the devices just to find out who had posted a meme on kiwi farms uh, that, that wasn't me i mean literally this was it. it it was some i mean admittedly one of the memes was quite offensive it's not something i would post it's not something i would condone but Neither am I entirely convinced that it ought to be illegal either. It was, you know, just a a very hard hitting um, cartoon, which some people found very funny. I personally didn't. Um, But, you know, they they wanted they they wanted to know if I I was posting on on Kiwi Farms. And actually, I do post on that forum, but I, I post in my own name deliberately so i can take ownership of of, of my work and you can't be stitched uh, up what do you think of um i mean you know i'm in salford so up up here the the chief superintendent or the chief constable i think it's the chief constable has been replaced so ian hopkins left gmp greater manchester police in an absolutely dire situation uh, stephen watson took over and the first thing he did was told his officers to stop snooping on the internet and on twitter and to get on with solving real crimes and he also said stop virtue signaling and funnily enough the current home secretary suella braverman she has said something similar that this has to stop do, do you have any or hold any hope at all Caroline, that that this might stop this behaviour by police officers. I I think it needs some really firm intervention by Suella Braverman. And I mean, gosh, the other thing I was going to say, Richie, the other really humiliating thing was um, I said to them, I need when they arrested me, I said, I really need the loo. Can I just quickly go to the loo? And they said, now we've arrested you. We've got a duty of care towards you. uh, So I'm not going to come into the toilet with you, but I will follow you there and stand outside. (laughs) And my husband was just like shaking his head, really. Um, But no, in terms of I think what it needs is, um, I mean, Suella Braverman has been uh, very good in terms of slapping down I think it was Sussex police force um tried to virtue signal on Twitter about uh, a violent male paedophile who was now a woman and they said oh we shall take it very seriously if this person's misgendered and uh, they got a rapist yeah yeah uh, and and Suella Braverman uh, stepped in I think what it's going to take is a, a new sort of chief constable and also all these police officers need deprogramming because they've all been uh, programmed by, they've all had training via Stonewall. Uh, and they think that anyone who doesn't believe that it's possible to change sex is is a terrible person and causing real harm. And they're really shocked by it. And, you know, oh, we, we need to stamp out and sort this sort of thing out. So I think... Um, it needs new. Le- I think. I think individual forces need new leadership, but they also need new training. You know, to say actually, we need to have very firm lines in the sand about social media, and you know, something has got to re- reach a particular 
threshold yeah. uh, in order for us, in order the for law, us to take action. The law is there anyway. We have laws against incitement to violence. Yeah. We have laws that have been around for you know, decades, if not hundreds of years, there isn't any need, in my opinion. I'm no, I'm no legal scholar, but to uh, to amend, um, or or to introduce law, it's there already. It's it's absolutely wrong. If I go on the internet and say somebody should do in Caroline Farrow, that's against the law. I should be arrested and prosecuted. It's as simple as that. But if I go on the internet and say, well, f that Car- Caroline Farrow and f her religious beliefs and f her husband, that's nasty crap and it's vile but it's not against the law and it's very easy for you to just block me so you don't have to see it Uh, you know it's as simple as that I mean I know the abuse you get I see it on uh, Twitter (laughs) I don't get anywhere near as much as it but every now and then somebody will have a pop at me for something I've said I just mute it and then I don't see it again you know I certainly wouldn't be going running to uh, to the police. Look, we've got about 90 seconds left on this. Folks, do check out citizengo.org and the campaigns, uh, the petitions running at the moment on citizengo.org uh, and check out carolinefarrow.net. Caroline's on uh, Twitter as well. It's uh, at, uh, let me have a look, it's, yeah, it's at CF underscore um, Farrow. Changing the dictionary definition of woman and, and all this stuff. Might this stuff peak might we might we be seeing the peak of all this, and might common sense start to be just nosing ahead, uh, Caroline? It seems to me like with the change in attitude of of the police and the chief constable up here, the home secretary, even in some of the leftist newspapers, we're starting to see people are having enough enough of this. Are we turning a corner with this issue? Do we think? I think so. Yes, um, and I think people are just. I mean, to be honest, I think most members of the general public are very sceptical of gender nonsense. They, you know, we want to be sympathetic to adults who are who who've decided that they want to, you know, appear as the opposite sex. Um, but I think there's enough happening now where people are saying, no, enough is enough. Yes, I'm going to be kind to you uh, and, and I might use your pronouns or whatever. But actually, you know, this is the line in the sand. And I've, I think most people, this has very much been a, a battle that's been fought on social media uh, and online. And then once it's won online, you know, they're try, it's trying to permeate the culture. But, you know, you you speak to a, a normal person, you know, you, you go up north, for example, and, and speak to like a, a 60-year-old woman and say, can a man have a baby? You know, she'd laugh <laughs> at you. And, and th- this is so way beyond the concerns of most normal working people. You know, we've got so much happening in the world, cost of living crisis. This is starting to look like a real sort of self-indulgent, almost like a luxury belief. Um, And fine, live live your life as you want to live your life. But there's always a a balance of rights going on. And your right to live, uh, you know, and present as you want should not encroach on other people's rights to their own dignity and privacy. So, and I think some of the sporting stuff is piquing people as well, you know, like like the swimmer, the male swimmer, I think it's Rhea Thomas, who, um, you know, won on the women's team. And there's like a, there was a transgender weightlifter, Laurel Hubbard. Yeah. And people are seeing these men in sports and saying, hang on a minute. Enough this, is enough, this, yeah. This isn't right. Caroline, brilliant to have you on. Um, whatever happens on Wednesday, the social media fallout afterwards is going to be interesting in any case. It's citizengo.org. Merry Christmas to you, your husband and your children. And uh, I hope to speak to you again in the new year. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thanks, Richie. You're welcome, Caroline. Caroline Farrow, citizengo.org, carolinefarrow.net. Yeah, it will be interesting on Wednesday. The time is uh, three minutes, just coming up Cold for three minutes past six. flu and respiratory diseases. We all get them. Never before have your body's defences been under such constant attack. Now more than ever, it's essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Immunex 365 has been specifically formulated to maximize the effect of each ingredient, giving your immune system an optimum boost. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show can use their special 15% discount code RICHIEALLEN365 at checkout. Go to immunex365.co.uk to get yours now. Now with two-day track delivery free. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. Yes, it is. It's just uh, coming up for four minutes past six, it is. I know you might be listening to the podcast, I know. You might be listening to one of the repeats, in which case it's four minutes past the hour. That's why we say that. Your Richie Allen Show, Monday's programme, Christmas week it is. I'm going to plug this all week long. On Sunday morning, that's Christmas morning, I will be on air for two hours for the third Christmas day in a row with a programme called Christmas Morning Melodies where I'll be playing a few Christmas songs, I'll be having a glass of Baileys, just one or two in the two hours, chatting away with you, reminiscing about Christmases of yesteryear, and I look forward to it, because the the previous two years, it was great crack altogether, as we say. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Sunday morning, Christmas morning, at 10 o'clock, between 10 and noon, you and me. Uh, hi to Sam. We are all Eskimos now. Global warming can't happen fast enough. So Sam, it's it's a bit, well, it depends on where you are, Sam. We had a thaw overnight. We had a thaw yesterday. It's pr- pretty very mild, in fact, this afternoon. It's uh, currently 13 degrees cloudy and a little bit uh, breezy here in Salford. Brian says there's two genders, but the rest is just mental illness, in my honest opinion. Jenny says I was defrauded out of thousands of euro, as were others, and I gave a statement to the Gardaí, that's the Irish police, in May of 2021. I haven't heard a word since, even though the fraud squad is supposed to be investigating. Yet, if someone refers to a man who thinks he's a woman, as a man, on Twitter, the Gardaí are onto it straight away, says Jenny. Funny you say that. In the where we where we lived previously, we lived in Fallowfield. We rented a house there on Caxton Road in Fallowfield, the oft-mentioned future Mrs. and myself. And towards the end of our time there, we lived next door to a woman who worked as a lecturer at Manchester University. Nice woman. A young woman, she was living there on her own, she was renting as well. No, she wasn't, she bought the place. Yes, she had mortgage and bought. And you, I like to give you all the details. And she was broken into. And she rang the police to say the house has been broken into. I was really annoyed because our German Shepherd Jazz was alive and well at the time. Never, never made a sound. You know, they, they must have been good, but then they couldn't have been that good. They broke a window. So they stole some jewellery, these these guys. She didn't have any cameras or anything like that. Um, the police never came, just never showed up. There's nothing we can do about it, <laughs> right? But you're the police. 
You might come and, I don't know, have a look at the circumstances. Have a look at the crime scene. It might jog your memory. Something similar may have occurred in a house down the road. You might get a clue or two. You know, you might look for an impression of a footprint or, I don't know, even a fingerprint. No, they just said, uh, nothing we can do about it now. Our advice is, call the glazer, uh, get it all uh, fixed back up, claim on your insurance. This is what the police said now. Claim on your insurance, on your house insurance, your home insurance, and we, we would advise putting in better security measures. Didn't show up. But the new constable... Special Constable or Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police is determined to return policing to Greater Manchester Police, actual policing. Like, yeah, you know, sympathetic policing. We're really sorry to hear that. What a lousy thing for a woman living on her own to have her space violated like that, her privacy. We'll be right out. You send a female uh, police officer out and... You know, somebody who knows how to deal with this sort of thing. No, they just didn't show up. Madness. Now, 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 now. We will be joined on the other side of this song by Blind Joe. I can't wait to speak to to Joe again. I've got a smile on my face already. Uh, Joe's originally from North Dakota, but he made his fame in Nashville in Tennessee. We met the man in early 2021 when he released a song called I Will Not Comply which is brilliant, and I will close out today's programme with it, just in case you haven't heard it. But he's got a new song out. It is called, it is simply called The Truth. Let's hear The Truth, and on the other side of it, we'll be joined by the great man, Blind Joe himself. The Truth, then, on Monday's Richie Allen Show. If you're born with a penis, you're a boy. And if you can have a baby, you're a girl And if you don't like this song Cause you think what I'm saying's wrong You're the dumbest human being in the world Now, I ain't trying to cross no lines Or make nobody tense But it seems to me that these days We've all lost our common sense Well, if this song offends you, friend It's time to dry your tears And face the facts that we've all known For at least a thousand years If you're born with a penis, you're a boy And if you can have a baby, you're a girl And if you don't like this song Cause you think what I'm singing's wrong You're the dumbest human being in the world Y'all, the government claims they care about us But that's a pack of lies You can watch them while they're talking Then you'll see it in their eyes But if you completely trust them And you think our freedom's free Say it, buddy, but you're just as blind as me. And if you're born with a penis, you're a boy. And if you can have a baby, you're a girl. And if you don't like this song, cause you think what I'm saying's wrong, you're the dumbest human being in the world.
Find Joe and the truth on Monday's Richie Allen Show. Hey, Joe. Welcome back. Hello, Richie. How the heck are you, you son of a buck? It's so great to hear your voice, man. All, all the better for, for hearing that. Who produces your sound? Because whoever it is, they're outstanding. Don't say it's you, Joe. Well, thank you very much, man. That really means a lot to me. It's uh, it's it's a lot of me, yes, and uh, my friend Brett McAuliffe out of Nashville, Tennessee, who is a keyboard player for a guy named Trace Adkins. And uh, he, uh, he, what I love about Brent is, is when we met, you know, uh, the first song we did was a song I wrote called uh, I Will Not Comply, which you were kind enough to play. And we, we had a really, a, a, that was probably the biggest song of my career um, that when I released that last year. And that was the song that we fully produced together. And uh, what's great about Brent is, <clears throat> you know, now I'm kind of taking the taking the reins a little bit with the production stuff more than I was then, but uh, but back then I was able to uh, talk to him in uh, layman's language, if you will, and he was able to convert that into production, and uh, and so he really just we really we call ourselves the the dream team or the dynamic duo because we really just uh, it really clicks on all all cylinders now man it's uh, it's really a lot of fun to work with him he's such a great dude and he's been in the game for 15 years and he's just just a fantastic guy which uh, you really don't meet a lot of those people in the music business unfortunately so brilliant joe and what 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 have you been doing since we spoke last i mean in terms of i'm thinking of gigging and stuff we haven't spoken for about 10 or 11 months i don't think now so have you been out and about gigging i have yeah man i was playing the honky tonks in nashville for a while and uh i uh when the, when comply kind of hit and we had got enough money i decided that uh we needed to get back home to family because uh you know i'm, I'm not about to sell my soul out in nashville and uh they're really not looking for what I have to say anyways. If you uh, don't subscribe to uh, more of a liberal agenda um, in the business, then you're kind of uh, kind of SOL, you know. So uh, we uh, we were able to move back here to Minnesota in April. And I spent the summer really, uh, although I was in a really, really dark place, I, uh, I did a lot, a lot of shows around here and a lot of fairs and festivals and got the chance to uh, open for some really uh, nice people like a guy named Walker Hayes, who's, uh, you know, not really my kind of country, but, uh, a very nice dude and let, had me open for him. Let me open for him. And, uh, yeah. So just, uh, just keeping afloat, man. You know what I mean? One day at a yeah. time, brother, one day at a time. Do you time. mind me asking about being in a dark place and why, why that was, what was happening? Tell me to you mind know, my own business. If you like and we can move on. To be honest, no, you're fine, man. You're fine. I, you know me. I'm an open book. To be honest, man, I, I really wasn't sure why. Um, but I was I was having these just a lot of like suicidal thoughts and just, dude, you're not you're no good. Why why are you even trying at this music thing? You know, I was I really wanted to get into the production aspect of the music, and every time I would sit down at the computer and really try to work it out, uh, these thoughts would would come into my head. Uh, you know you're worthless, dude. You're nothing. Why, why are you even trying this? You know, you're blind, dude. You can't do this stuff. And, and that's not me. I mean, anybody that knows me knows what a, usually a, a peppy guy and a happy guy I am. And I'm, I try to try to make everyone around me feel happy as well. And, uh, where, so where I, do you think it came from that then? Because yeah, my, my, my impression of you speaking with you and then following you, following you on online and following your career is that you are, um, a big open book, a big, 
you know, larger than life, happy character. So to to suddenly start to feel like, and it's per- perfectly natural to be uh, to be down. What drove that? Do you think the the two crazy dystopian years we've had did that play into it in any way? Yeah, I you know I and I think it was that, and it was just uh, everything was kind of a. Uh, at a standstill for me. And it seemed like no matter what, what kind of music I released, you know, nobody was into it. If I'm not uh, whining about the government or trying to get the truth out there, you know, if I, if I and, and the social media, they censor me all the time. I mean, I, I released a hunting song, you know, for my, I wrote it for my brother and my dad, it's called hello hunting. And, uh, and they even censored that, you know, Spotify wouldn't let it be playlisted and all this stuff because I'm holding a rifle on the cover uh, of the, of the record. And I mean, you know, after a while, it just got to the point where it was like, well, why, why am I even doing this? Like, they're just, they're, they're hitting me at every turn. I can't, I can't yeah. win for losing. And then, you know, you've got you, everywhere you look in the news or, and I don't even watch the news, but you know, you, you're, you're on social media, you get it. I mean, it's there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you see, all, you see all the stuff with the, with the kids. And that really gets me, man, a lot is, is the stuff with, you know, telling kids that they can be whatever they want to be. You're a boy, you can be a girl and you're a girl, you can be a boy and all this stuff. And I mean, that, that to me is sick, man. Those people should be in prison. Um, you know, if you're an, you're an adult and, and you have feelings about who you are and you want to be who you want to be, whatever, man, do your thing. You're an adult. But when you try to push that stuff on kids, that's just absolutely disgusting in my book. And, uh, and I've got no time for it. And so, and yet, yeah, you know, I, can I just jump in there? And yet you do. It's wonderful because I hear you loud and clear and I agree with you. I mean, it's the way you put it there is fantastic. But in the songs, your songs are not bitter or twisted or angry. Your songs are no. very tongue in cheek and witty and funny, which is, well, thank which is you. brilliant. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank you. Thanks. I, uh, I, I try to write like that on purpose, you know, because I want people to understand that 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 is who I am. But I'm not angry and I don't. I don't uh, harbor any ill ill will toward anybody, anybody's ideas or, you know, if you're vaccinated, I, it breaks my heart and I wish you weren't, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, you vaccinated piece of crap. Oh, you get away from me. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's silly. You know, we're all still thankfully now anyways, able to make our own decisions in this world uh, for, for the most part. I mean, uh, the uh, the hammer is coming down, ladies and gents. Let's let's make no mistake about hey, before it. Before <laughs> we talk about the hammer, let's stay with the children because you're yeah. you're a well travelled um, musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, and you've spent your time in Nashville. You've been all over the country. I know this from when we've spoken before. I yeah. I would have thought that these ideas about telling children that they can be whatever gender they want. I I, I can't imagine these things playing well in the South, Joe. There must be some pushback well, in southern states against this. Well, I, you know, Richie, I, I, uh, I think there's a lot of pushback everywhere. Um, the thing of it is, it's just not picked up. You know what I mean? The mainstream media has their agenda, and I, I, I say the mainstream media, but it's not just them. It's, it's the, it's the agenda, the agenda in general. You know, keep us distracted so we don't figure out what's really going on with all this stuff. You know, the World Economic Forum and that kind of thing. But there, there's pushback everywhere. You know, when you've got a Supreme Court justice in America that can't tell you what a woman is, yeah. if you see that and and don't think, holy cow, like, really? I mean, so, yeah, you, you know, you hear it all the time. You, we've got uh, we've got a guy here 
who uh, you may have heard of. His name is Matt Walsh. He works for a company called The Daily Wire, and he's got a documentary called What is a Woman? It's probably the most popular documentary that's ever existed. And you wouldn't know that because, you know, the reviewers and the, all these people, the critics even, they won't, they won't touch it because it's, it's not part of their agenda. And it's... And the fear is I, that I really, you'll be cancelled. The, the fear is if you're a journalist... And that's it. Yeah. And, and, and you're right yeah. about that as well. And especially in the music business, you know, I get people all the time and I'm not going to name names. It's, it's not, that's not my place, but people that, that you would know that, that won't touch my music or won't even, won't even, you know, magazines, media people, all these people, man, I mean, will not come near me because of the things that I say that, that I don't think children should be abused. They don't either, but they're not willing to risk their livelihood on that. Well, you know what, Richie, it's like I told my mother-in-law, I am, I am willing to risk my livelihood. I I didn't say it in such a nice way. Yeah, I can (laughs) imagine. A little differently, but but, you know, this is it's wrong. It's just plain wrong. It's evil. And uh, and I'm just I, I, somebody has to stand against it. And that was, a, that was a tough place for you to be and to go through that realization, because I, I, I kind of get this. I'm not a, a performer like you. I'm not a, an artist like you, but I kind of I can I can understand where you were. That knowledge that things are bad. They have been bad. And that you have things to say through your music and also through on your website and on social media. And what do I do? Do I do I censor myself and do I say the right things? Not the right things, but do I say the accepted things and it might get me a, a rung or two up the ladder or do I hold true to my uh, to myself? Do I hold true to my principles? And it's a tough, you know, it's, a, it's not a nice place to be. You make the right decision obviously in the end, but it doesn't mean it's easy. It's been a yeah, tough and, road and, for you. and you're right. You're, that's absolutely correct, man. I mean, it was never. I never thought once in my. I've never thought once in my life or my career. Oh, I should maybe do this, or I should maybe sell out, or I should maybe maybe I should just keep my opinions to myself. And that's that's been to my detriment my entire life, most of the time. But I I would rather have my integrity and and be who I am than sell myself out for a little bit of money and feel like a piece of crap for the rest of my life about it. You know what I mean? I get it 100%. I, all the admiration in the world for you. Blind Joe is our guy. I hate saying Blind Joe, but it's your, it's your, it's your no, name. That's, your, that, that's it's my your name, act, man. Of course. It, that's what they've called me since I was six years old and told them to. They, we had a couple of different Joes in, in class and they said, well, how are we going to tell you guys the difference? And I said, well, just call me Blind call Joe. Me blind I'll Joe. always know you're talking to me then. So. And the website blindjoe.com, we kicked off with The Truth, which is uh, uh, Joe's latest uh, single, his latest song, which he sent to me last week. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, very witty to talking about the whole let me let me let me let me ask you this Ricky. anything you how want you, go ahead how, how do you feel about uh 900,000 plus views on tiktok and uh tiktok at the same time coming at me co- saying that i am uh spreading hate speech and threatening to delete my account because of uh violent extremism you see, I don't know what to say to that because I've, yeah. I've dealt with these before. Back in 2017, the show had a YouTube channel and it had it didn't have 900,000 subscribers now, but it had it had 100,000 subscribers and it was doing well. In fact, it was bringing in a few bucks every month and yeah. it was starting to build and uh, they just deleted it 
overnight they they deleted the, the the channel, and it was something about hate speech, and it was it was in relation to an interview I did with Wolfgang Halbig, where I was pretty tough on Wolfgang. I didn't agree with him, and I mm-hmm. and I challenged him, and I played some of the Sandy Hook families. It was good journalism, basically, and right, I right. I was gutted, Joe. I was devastated. I was fed up at the injustice of it. So how you? Um, can deal with that. You've got, you, you've got a video. It's getting nearly a million views. There's nothing wrong with it. It's great music. I don't know how you deal with it when they when they come back at you and try to cancel you like that. You tell you me. You know, for for me, I just I just smile because for me, man, I've gotten to the point now where it means I'm doing something right, and I've gotten right with Jesus and right with my God, and uh, and and I know that I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and. Uh, all I want to do with this music, all I've ever wanted to do with, with any music that I make is help people. And especially on a platform like TikTok, where TikTok is primarily uh, aimed at children. Younger people, you know, yeah, definitely. That's that's 900,000 kids that, uh, or or maybe not quite that many, but you know what I mean? However many hundred thousand kids have seen, have seen that. And, and that makes me happy. And not only that, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, what do you even say to it? You know what I mean? It's just such a crazy. You can't crazy because you can't speak with anybody. This is what they, they've, they've done very successfully. And I've noticed this over the years since 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. No, nobody is at the end of a telephone. Nobody. Yeah. So they yeah. can do whatever they want, but they, you know, they then exempt themselves after that. So you can't say, well, hang on a second. Can you please explain to me exactly what it is? They never do that. That's very clever. They never give you an explanation because That's if they right. do, they're in trouble because then it's wide open. Then and you can say, well, hang on a second. You've totally misinterpreted me there. I didn't mean that or I didn't say that. So they don't engage with the people they ban. They just ban you. And that's yeah. that, you know. You know, what breaks my heart about this song in particular is that I, I, I'm saying, you know, if you're born with a penis, you're a boy. And if you can have a baby, you're a girl. Yeah. And we're our world is in such a state, Richie, that that angers people. Yeah. Basic biology pisses people off. My previous guest was arrested for saying things like that. I mean, Caroline that, Farrell in 2021, is, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Unbelievable. No, Christian. Unfreaking believable. Christian lady, a a brilliant woman, very intelligent, married to a priest. And um, she'd gotten into it with a notoriously nasty transgender activist and um, stood her ground. And uh, this guy made reports to the police that she was being malicious online and and stuff. And next thing they, they have her in handcuffs and they have her at the station. This is. Yeah. 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 Christian, I believe that Christians get ready. Because if you think we've been persecuted before, <laughs> it's coming. I have to it's kind of coming. agree with that. And I'm not a Christian. And I think I, yeah. I think I spoke to you before. I don't know what I am. So by right, saying right. I'm not a Christian doesn't mean I don't believe this or I don't believe that. No, and that's totally, yeah. whatever, to each their own, you know. But I'm honest. You have to say what it is you see. You have to call it yeah. as you see it. And yeah. I've, no, I've noticed in recent years that um, you cannot be satirical about the religions. So you can't be satirical about, say, Islam. You can't be satirical about Judaism. You can't say anything about anything deemed to be a minority. But yeah. it's open season on Christianity. Say whatever you Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You look, watch, watch TV, watch movies, and really pay attention to how many times they, they take our Lord's name in vain and... Uh, everything, all, all the, uh, all the, all the, 
Satanism that goes on, all the ritualistic stuff that goes on, and it's all it's all a, a complete uh, inversion of Christianity. It's not an inversion of Buddhism. It's not an inversion of Judaism. It's uh, and there's a reason for it, you know. Yeah, we see people in this country, and it has happened a few times. Some listeners now will probably accuse me of exaggerating, but it has happened even recently where people have got very discreet crucifixes. And they've been asked to remove them, particularly if they're working in a public space where they might be mm -hmm. meeting members of the public. Without, without a single complaint, they've been yeah. asked to remove the crucifix in case it might offend somebody. And I've never met, I know a lot of Muslim uh, men, particularly in, in Greater Manchester, and uh, lovely guys. And I've said from time to time, Imran, would you be offended if you were in hospital and a nurse came to take your blood pressure and she was wearing a crucifix? And Imran is like, get the fuck out of here. Why would I be? Why would I be, you know? Silly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's happening. Well, you know, people are people, but it, it it happens, you know. And these people that run the show, that run this whole game that we're we're a part of, you know, uh, that there are so many players in that, you know, the the one that comes to mind, of course, right now that's always in the news is all Elon Musk and is with his Twitter and free speech and yeah. Absolutely. Hey Joe, hold on to that thought. Hold that yes, thought. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm going to take a sorry, forty. Sorry. No, no, don't say sorry. I want to talk about Elon in a minute. We've got Blind Joe on the line. BlindJoe.com, terrific singer songwriter, entertainer, hilarious guy, all round good guy too. Fighting the good fight uh, in Minnesota these days. You see, I was listening, Joe. I was listening. Yes, thank you. Tell you what, pal, that. making bullet points here. So it's twenty nine minutes past six. Going to take a very quick break. When we come back from that. I'm just dying to hear I will not comply again and then we'll carry Let's on the conversation with, uh, with Blind Joe back in 40 seconds. Colds, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases, a nuisance, but we all get them. Now more than ever, it is essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko protocol, Immune X365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immune X365 every day. As a special launch offer to UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show, you will receive a discount of 15% by using the code RichieAllen365 at checkout. Go to immunex365.co.uk to get yours now and with free two-day track delivery. Right, Blind Joe is back for more chat after this. Take me to task Cause I don't wanna wear a mask Or take a vaccine That could maybe make me die They got no scientific evidence To back that crap up All they do is feed us lies the lie That's why I will not comply I sense back last March I've had an achy, breaky heart Like old Billy Ray Cyrus I've been catching a case of the shot in the arm but nobody's talking about exercise or eating food that's fresh grown from the farm that's why i will not comply quit trying to take me to task because i don't want to wear a mask or take a vaccine that could maybe make me die they got no scientific evidence to back that crap up all they do is feed us lie after lie that's why I will 
Tell you what, Joe. Yeah, man. I never that's get tired boot, of it. That's still still a boot stomper, isn't it? I man, never I get tired of it. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard it in about five or six weeks. I never get tired of it. It's brilliant. Song uh, of the year, twenty twenty one. I'd have given you the Grammy. I'd have given you the Grammy. Oh, thank you, man. You know, I was talking to my wife Leanne about it a couple of days ago, and I said, you know, I I hope it's not too narcissistic of me to just hear this song and go, yeah. Woo! Yeah, it's not narcissistic. <laughs> By the way, just as we were kind of off air, but but on air, I asked Joe, was uh, you know, was 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 he was Leanne doing well? Were they still together? Because I was going to ask the question, and you just never know when you speak to somebody you haven't spoken to for a while. I thought right. if I ask him about Leanne, and he says, "No, Richie, she she ran away with." Um, <laughs> I know she's not going to say that <laughs> at all, but just just don't ask. So I asked you discreetly. How is Leanne? Is she is she in good form? She's doing great, man. She's doing great. We uh, we're back uh, in Minnesota, like I said before. Yeah. And so she's uh, she's here uh, working at uh, the church in the town that she grew up in. She's doing all the all the bookkeeping and religious education there, and and she absolutely loves it. I so, never uh, heard a man tell a story like you told us the first time we spoke about the state your life was in when you met Leanne and how important oh, yeah. she was in helping you to turn it around. It's an amazing story, especially this time of year as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was it was a heck of a deal, man. I was uh, I was a really really hardcore alcoholic, and uh, I uh, I was up to a couple liters a day, and and life was just uh, it was uh, it was bad. It was bad, and uh, thankfully she uh, she she came back into my life. We had actually uh, dated for quite a while in college. Uh, while she was in college, I was, I was majoring in marijuana and alcohol and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, she, uh, she kind of, you know, pulled me out of it a little bit then. And, and we really fell in love then. And, uh, I just couldn't, couldn't get the drinking under control and, uh, she, she couldn't handle it. And so we ended up splitting up. This is back in Oh three, uh, Oh four. And, uh, we ended up splitting up and, uh, went our separate ways for about seven years. And, uh, I, uh, you know, was in and out of rehabs and really, uh, t- taking a turn for the worst. And, uh, I was really at the end of my rope and I, uh, I really got, got pretty ticked off at God and, uh, let him have it one night when I was really, really drunk and just said, you know, she's the only thing that really ever helped me. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really there, you, you need to bring her back into my life. And, uh, I got out of another treatment and had went out drinking shortly after with my buddy. Uh, it was my, for my birthday. And, uh, I woke up in the morning and I got ready to get in the shower on my birthday. And uh, here she uh, sent me a message out of the blue on Facebook and said, hey, you know, I really love to talk to you. She, she had no idea it was even my birthday. Amazing, huh? And, uh, and Tell so, me uh, that's a coincidence. Tell me that yeah, that's a yeah. coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not and, and So she, and even then, man, even then, she still 
you know, I still had a problem with the drinking. And, and when she would come up and see me, there was one time in particular, just even in that next month or two, where I was just stone drunk out of my mind. And, and she should have left. She should have left and went home. And what did she do? She left. She drove 40 miles to my parents' house and said, I don't know what to do, but you got to help them. And, uh, it, I mean, she's just, she's a hell of a woman, dude. She's a hell of a woman still stuck with me. And it took me another four years to get off the bottle. And, uh, now St. Patrick's day coming up here, I'll be four years sober and living my best life. Four man. years, Joe. All because of her and Jesus. So and, and not to stay on this, cause I want to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter and all this madness. Today, <laughs> oh, but, the Musk yeah. Is he still in Ugh. the job? Is he still in the job or what? We'll, 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 we'll talk to Joe about that in a moment. But um, I'm very interested in, in the program or the 12 steps and, you know, forgiveness and all of that. Is that, did you go through that? Did you take it? No, no, no I, uh, I've been an AA guy, um, you know, in and out since I was like 18. Cause I knew I had a problem even back then and I'm 40 now, but, uh, it never worked for me, man. And it never, uh, never clicked. It, I never, never felt any, uh, any real, uh, progress. And, uh, what worked for me, dude, was hardcore prayer. Uh, you know, just, just really talking right to Jesus and, and saying it out loud, you know, but people, I think when, when people pray, I think they do a lot, a lot of it silently or, oh, before I go to bed, I pray for 10 minutes and bless everybody. Yeah. Amen. You know, but the, the key is to say it out loud. It's, it's not the thoughts of God. The Bible is the word of God. And so when you say it out loud, I think it, it carries a lot of weight and, uh, so were you reading certain passages, Joe, or were you speaking out no. loud to God? No, no. I was talking to God like, he, like I'm talking to you, man. And did you feel like, something change? Did you, feel, did, did you physically feel something happening when you were doing that? No. When, the, when I felt, when I did actually physically feel something happen was here right recently here in October when I was praying for deliverance because I was in that dark place I was telling you about and I thought that yeah. there might be some demons that were really affecting me. And so I prayed really, really hard about it. And then, yes, then I did feel a physical, I felt something leave my body and the Holy Spirit, what I consider to be the Holy Spirit, enter my body. And, uh, and I still feel it from, from, uh, you know, uh, sporadically, uh, in, in my life. If as I'm going through praying or doing certain things or whatever. You were worried, and, weren't uh, you, that you were going to have a big fall, right? That you were going to hit the bottom. Oh, I knew I was, man. I yeah. knew I was. I, what my plan was, because it wouldn't stop nagging at me to just end it all, that I thought, well, if I can figure out this kind of magic stuff that everybody talks about, then I can get money enough so that Leanne will be okay, so that when I'm gone, at least she'll have that. I mean, it was that bad. And, and, and why would I even think like that? You know, that's not me. That's not me at all. You don't but, think uh, there was something else going on? I don't mean in any way now to be silly. Or no, to be, no. But, you know, I've spoken to people over the years who have made a very powerful case that targeting is a real thing. You know, people people being targeted, people... Yeah, I mean, I will I, not comply I was massive, Joe. I mean, it's been listened to and watched hundreds and hundreds of millions of times. I mean, yeah. it really has. What, and what I can tell you is that I didn't know what was going on until I, until I felt it leave, until I prayed about it and felt it go and actually felt the whatever they you know they say the fire of the holy spirit i consider it more of like a sunshine um than a fire but when i felt it act actually leave me 
and that sunshine enter me, that's when I knew. That's when I be- that's when I went, holy crap, this is what the deliverance ministers that I've been seeing on YouTube are talking about. That I didn't I I, I watched them for 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 no reason at all, just because that's what I was drawn to, I guess, by, by the Lord. And I, I, I didn't buy it, dude. I'm like, oh yeah, demon's going to leave my body. All right, let's go. Here we go. I'll say the prayers. Yeah. And, and it happened. And did, and, did you think, And I know, I know how crazy it sounds. No, it does man. not. Believe it me. does not. It makes perfect sense to me. I, I interviewed several times over the years. Father, father, I should say, Vince Lampard. Lampard. Vince is the Catholic Church's only recognized exorcist in the United States. Mm-hmm. And he's a gentleman. So for me, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not too interested in denominations, so I don't mind if it's right. Protestant yeah, or a Catholic. Amen, it doesn't matter to me. And lovely gentleman. In fact, I'm going to invite him on the show again early in the new year. And I was speaking to Vince on a TV show I did in London some years ago. And mm-hmm. David Icke, while the show was live, David came running into the studio. Didn't make a big fuss now. He came behind the camera and kept giving me the thumbs up. And because it was because I'd asked Vince a question about it, you know, about the the the, the demon leaving the body. And Vince uh-huh. said it goes out through the head. Yeah, your your, right? uh, your mouth burping was was how it happened for me. It was You're just a kidding huge, me. huge burp, and then it was just amazing, man. I mean, it was the most. I, all I could say was, "Holy, sh-, you yeah, know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is not a family show. You can say what you want. Yeah, within I, reason. I, I just wow. I just because I because I knew then I knew you know when you because up to that point I was saying the prayers and I meant the prayers that I was saying out loud, but I thought uh, I don't know, man. This is a little much for me. You know what I mean? Like I love you, Jesus, and I have full faith in you. Always have, and you know that. But really, I mean, really, I'm gonna feel it happen. Come on, and. And it did, man. And I just was like, holy shit. I go, Leanne, Leanne, you're not going to believe this. I mean, and that's when we really started praying together and, and really trying to um, really dig deep into our lives and, and just figure out um, how to uh, stay on this path. And even even now, it's it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Because... It's thankless, you, uh, Joe. It's thankless. This is the problem. It's yeah, a thankless and it's not like it's not like pe- yeah. people think. Oh, well, you've been delivered, so now you're delivered, and that's just it. And no, that that's not how it works. You know what I mean? This is something you have to keep up. And these things, whether it's people out in the world or or people in the spiritual realm, you know, they they're gonna keep attacking you. They're not just like, oh, well, it happened once, so we're gone. Bye. Yeah. Here's a question. You, yeah. you you are listening to Blind Joe. Go to blindjoe.com, download uh, jo- Joe's music, pay for his music. We, you must support um, talented, uh, independent artists like Joe. We we heard the, the truth, his new song earlier on, it's fantastic, about um, you know some of the things they're encouraging children to, to believe it's great. And Joe, of course, had a massive, massive success last year with I Will Not Comply. The, the, an Irish television programme some years ago, Mm-hmm. was was presented by a great presenter called Gay Byrne and he spoke to celebrities about their relationship with God. Now one of the celebrities, a guy called Stephen Fry, now I don't like Stephen Fry very yeah. much. I don't like him at all, right? But it, not for, for, for it, it's nothing to do with his sexuality, it's his wokeism I don't like. But anyway, right, right. Um, so Stephen Fry did have an interesting thing. He was asked by 
Gay Byrne, the Gabriel Byrne, always known as Gay, uh, the the presenter, Gay said to him, um, "If you had a chance to speak to God now, what would you say to uh, to God to him?" And Stephen Fry said something not entirely unreasonable. He said, "I would say, how dare you?" And that that was my next question to you: Where is God? I mean, we we know the we we know what is planned for humanity. It is right. despicable. And this might sound like a very child, a question like a seven-year-old child might ask, but I think it's a legitimate one. We could do with an intervention, right? If God is there and God has given we, birth to us, what, I, answer that, I Joe. think I think you're absolutely right. We could do it with an intervention, but who's who's asking for him? Who's reaching out to him? Well, you have. Who's who? I have, but who, you know who? Who do you know that reaches out to God every day and says, "God, we need you." I think my friend, no, I'm not being childish now when I say this, but I think my friend Jean Ann, I think a lot of people who listen to this program, I'm sure a lot of Christians listen to the program because mm-hmm. we talk about things that, you know, they don't talk about on other programs. So they listen. I'm sure they're asking God. I'm sure they're saying, God, help us out here, you know? I, I and I, and I, I'm, I know there are a lot of people. It just seems to me that there, there are a lot of people that aren't. And, you know, I think we, we, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else or anything like that, man. Cause I'm not, we're all, we're all human and we're all the same. It's, it doesn't matter who we are, but I think that, um, you know, we're so busy with the world that we live in today. And, uh, we just, we don't take a half hour out of our day to just sit in a quiet place and really talk to God. I think God wants to know us just as bad as we want to know him. Right, I get I I th- I get that. Yeah, okay. Okay. And and I think it's just a matter of uh just taking that time, you know, um It must offend a God though, Joe. If God exists as I was brought up to believe God exists, it must be an outrage to God that man would do to his fellow man, long before the COVID jabs that are doing such damage. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, our, our, not my government, but my, my government was complicit in Ireland. They allowed US planes refuel at Shannon. But driving over Iraq and Afghanistan and murdering millions of people, like that's an outrage against God. And I do wonder sometimes, well, that's like, where a, are that's you? That's an you outrage know? to humanity. But, you know, what I believe is that God gave us Jesus so that our sins could be forgiven, no matter what our sins are. Um, and there are sins like that, that I definitely do not agree with the same thing that goes with, that goes the same for this stuff that's going on with the children nowadays. Of course, I don't agree with that, but I do believe that if any of those people at any point give themselves to the Lord and are truly repentant, that they can be saved just as well as somebody that has never committed an atrocity like that. Good friend of mine, um, I won't mention who it is, but who on the alcoholism has sent this to me. It says that Joe had a level of energetic possession because of the alcohol abuse. And then my friend says, we are all individual aspects of the great oneness. And then in, and then in brackets, God. And that's something, again, that's an opinion that would be shared by a lot of people listening to this program. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I, I I get where they're, I get where he's coming from or, or he or she's coming from. And, uh, and I think that's absolutely right. You know, we can, we can call God, uh, one or Yahweh or, you know, there's a million different names, but it's all, it's all really the same. You know, we all, we're all, we're all, uh, we're all under the same God, under the same heaven and, and, uh, doomed to the, to the same hell if we, if we don't want to repent about it. I mean, that's, that's truly what I believe because, you know, if God can, 
save a loser asshole like me, man. <laughs> you can save anybody as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but you are no loser and you're no asshole. <laughs> uh, what about those who are agnostic and they say, they, they, they wonder why we reach for the divine to explain sometimes what might be basic. And that is that you are obviously, uh, you know, a bright a guy. You're obviously a lovely guy. You've obviously got bags of courage. And that rather than reaching for the divine, and this isn't to say that the divine doesn't exist, but that you took yourself out of that tailspin. You and Leanne, that you did it. That ultimately well, it came I mean, down to you. To an extent, you know, of course, part of it was me and, and my tenacity and my drive. But, uh, you know, there are just things that can't be explained by just me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't make whatever that evil entity or whatever you want to call it, demon or whatever, leave me. And I mean, I felt that and there's no, no getting around that. And not even that. I mean, there, there, there's so many things that have happened in my life over the years that you just, I, I had no control over Leanne coming back into my life yeah. other than shouting to God and praying to God. And, and that's just a couple of things. I mean, I could sit here and tell you all day about how God has done, you know, just things that you just can't explain. You know, when I was out in Nashville and COVID hit and I was at the end of my rope with everything and I didn't know how I was going to survive, we just found money in the pocket of one of my jeans once that we didn't even know was there. We, I had no idea what we were going to do and we ended up getting with a producer. And I mean, I didn't know anybody. I had no connections out there. I didn't go to Nashville with all these great connections and, oh, I'm going to talk to this guy and this guy and this guy. I mean, all that stuff happened because of God. I didn't go searching for it. It happened. It came into your life, yeah. Yeah. And again, not being the devil's advocate, but I'm just going to point no, out no, that, no. that there are those listening who would say your good nature, your good intentions, kind of, some people describe this as kind of like a cosmic ordering. These, An energy thing. Yeah, yeah that these I, I are things you. that you attract into your life because because you deserve them and because on some level these are things that you would like. I remember years ago thinking when I was a much younger man, wouldn't it be lovely one day to have a pub in Spain? It was a ridiculous thing to think about, Joe. And ten years <laughs> later I find I find myself in a bar that's owned by my missus in Spain. You know, now, I, now look, I'm wide open to God playing some part in that because I'm not yeah. I'm not a hypocrite, I'm not a liar. But also, you know, I'm wide open to the possibility that this is some kind of um, like that great book, that great film the secret that there's some energy thing going on but i'm wide open to you know to the divine playing some part in it you you've got to write your you've got to write a book joe you've got to do that you do know that don't you i well thank you i i've heard that a lot and i think you know i, I don't really know what i'd write a, about but i do have a lot to say so i suppose uh i'd probably pray about it and see what happens yeah, but start with but, leanne just start with that yeah, story what a story yeah, it's true it's true but you know, as far as the law of attraction, um, I, you know, I don't really know what to think about the law of attraction because I don't, uh, I, I don't, I get it. Uh, but it's, it's something that just seems a little, uh, something that I wouldn't personally mess with. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, so, but, and, and I get where you're coming from as far as, you know, somebody's energy and what, what you put out there is what you get back. And I, and I do believe in that to an extent, you know what I mean? Like if you're an asshole, you're probably not going to have the greatest of 
people hanging around you. Therefore, you're not going to get a lot out of life because you're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're a nice person, you know, chances are that you're going to hang out with nice people. You know, who you hang out with is, is a measure of your success, you know. Um, but I can't really speak on the law of attraction, but, but, uh, but I definitely get, uh, get that part of it for sure. Um, something else I meant to ask you as well, as time is just rapidly disappearing from us, I meant to ask you this previously. Um, what, uh, was there a, when, when things were difficult for you, not just, um, recently, but when you were struggling with the, um, with the alcohol, was there, yeah. was there a piece of music or a song that gave you any inspiration rather than ask you what's your favorite song joe um is there something that comes to mind because if you tell me i'm going to dial it up there to close the show with because i i think it would be appropriate today yeah there was a uh there was a leanne womack tune that i would always listen to um when i was really in in the despair of it all and i i it's a not one of her hits or anything it's called uh psalm Psalm 121 or something like that. Psalm something anyways. And I had never heard it before. Uh, and I was sitting in my apartment drunk off my ass and it came on a, a playlist that I had. This was probably back in 2009, 2010, something like that. And, uh, and it just, it just nailed me, dude, just, just floored me completely. And, uh, shortly after I heard that song is kind of when, uh, when I lost it with God and when Leanne came back into my life and, and everything really just changed for me. And so, yeah, that, uh, that was definitely the song and it was, uh, Leanne Womack is her name and it's uh, Psalm, Psalm something. It's uh, called, it's called stubborn. And yes, Psalms, Psalms 150. We have got it here. So, uh, in a couple of moments time, we'll close out with that today, but do go to blindjoe.com for, uh, the truth. Joe's latest uh, song, his latest yes. track. If I'm going to and do the DJ thing, go ahead, Joe, go ahead. And if you, if you do decide, I just want to say thank you to everybody. First of all, thank you to you, Richie and, and everybody out there that was so nice to me and, and, uh, picked up, I will not comply. And your, uh, your contributions to my music allowed me to move home and, and be with my family. And I can't thank you enough for that. And, uh, if you decide to buy the song, the truth, you know, of course, that all that uh, any money we make off of that will go uh, back to uh, back to the music. And, and uh, so we can keep releasing music here in 2023. I'm going to try to do a song a month because I'm working on producing my own stuff and we'll get some acoustic stuff out there. I got a lot of stuff I want to release. So I'm really excited about this year. And I'm just so thankful for for everybody I have in my life and uh, you and your listeners included, man. It's just uh, just I just feel really good and I can't can't thank you guys enough for that. You've blessed the show today, Joe. Thanks. And Merry Christmas to you and Leanne. <laughs> yes, um, and Merry Christmas to you and Caroline as well, brother. And hey, before I go, I gotta tell you, my buddy Chuck O'Celli says he know you and he, oh, he says Chuck, hi. And yeah, Chuck. God, it's been a while since Chuck was on. We better get him back on the show. Chuck is brilliant. He yeah. wi he wishes you a very Merry Christmas uh, as many well. Happy so. returns. Great stuff. Uh, Joe, happy new year as well. And we'll talk again early in the new year. Brilliant today, mate. Thank you. And this week, later on this week, tomorrow, I'll be playing the truce again and I'll mention the website details and all of that. So thanks again, uh, Joe. Brilliant. Thank you so much, brother. God bless you. And God bless you, everybody. Merry Christmas.
that's uh, the brilliant Blind Joe. Go to blindjoe.com for more information on uh, on the great man. So, uh, this song then, Leanne Womack, I haven't heard it, but Joe said it was uh, inspirational uh, to him when he was in a pretty bad place. It's called Stubborn, and then it says Psalms 151. Let's play that out of uh, Monday's programme. I'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday at 5 o'clock UK time with Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. Until then, you look after yourselves and one another. Go to blindjoe.com. Leanne Womack then. There's a whole lot of pride that won't let